Hey everyone, it's Mariah and Danny. Welcome to our podcast, Behind Behavior, where we take a look at the science behind behavior and how we actually use it in real life. Short disclaimer, nothing we say on this podcast in any way reflects the opinions of our employers or the BACB. All opinions are our own. Also, there may or may not be some explicit language in this episode. One of us tends to swear, and the other one usually doesn't. Join us to find out. Welcome back to the podcast. This is... What episode is this? Episode 21! This is 21. We've, we've, we're into the 20s now. Pew, pew. Right. Wow. I feel like a young adult on this podcast. <laughs> a young adult. We a should, true millennial. This should be a rager. Our podcast turns on its 21st episode. It's 21st birthday. Um, no, but so this episode's kind of be gonna be like what, like a catch up and update. This is our third quarter goals. Woo-hoo. I honestly am uncertain how much all of our listeners like or are invested in our personal goal updates, but mm-hmm. I think it's kind of fun. I mean, obviously, you can have your own opinion. That's fine. But (laughs) (laughs) I don't know. I feel like you don't really hear people regularly discussing Mm -hmm. and, like, reviewing their personal goals other than, like, the typical New Year's resolution. We're entering the fourth quarter. Like, we're playing the full game here. Uh, New Year's resolutions are long gone at this point. Right. If you're not doing things currently, then I mean, I don't know. It does take a certain type of person to just start a new goal on like Mm -hmm. any given day just because it's arbitrary. I don't know. People tend to kind of wait for some life changing moment or like a Monday to do stuff. Yeah. (laughs) People do tend to like a a starting point, the first of the month, the first of the week, whatever. But I think it's also nice because, like, we've had to adjust and change our goals throughout the year because we're not machines. And so, of course, like, we're going to work towards our goals, but, like, stuff's going to happen. Life's going to happen and we have to right. adjust. And we, just because of our background and our history, we're able to use, like, behavior analysis to help us do that. Whereas a lot of people, like, that is the barrier, Oh, Mm -hmm. life happened, so I'm just going to stop for the rest of the year and try again in January. Which is kind of ridiculous, I mean, because we all have a life. We're living. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. we all know none of our lives stop just because we want to achieve something additional along the path. Like, part of the goal itself, sounds so cliche, is the journey to get there. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Even though we know I'm more of a project completist. Right. And Danny is the like project journey person. I I'm mean, a process I process person. I definitely take, you know, personal goals as a journey, not just as like a trying to it's unrealistic to think you can accomplish every goal like overnight. Right. So right. it forces me to be a journey person along the way. 
So today we're going to do a quick recap of Mm -hmm. our third quarter goals, how those were going and what we're swapping, updating, how they're going for the fourth quarter. Yeah, we got three more months left of the year. Yeah, it feels crazy. I know. So Mariah, where were you at with your goals? Whenever we left off, you had three goals that you were revising and working towards. Where are you at with those now? So back in June, I had probably the most boring goals update to date. So bear with me. I'm going to try to be a little better today. (laughs) My fitness goal, we knew from the start, my fitness goal was reduced body fat. And that's just kind of to be continued. That's more just like a general life goal that I check in on. My other goal was read 25 books, also to be continued. And then I had revisited a meditation slash mindfulness goal to reevaluate, revise, and redefine. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how those go. Danny, what were yours? So my three, like Mariah, I had two that were being continued and then one new one. So one of mine to be continued was to exercise more. I had kind of fallen off track a little bit in May and June. Some kind of life stuff got in the way. Um, And then knitting a cardigan. I've been working on that. So that just just takes me a while because I'm a process person. So that one was also to be continued. And then the new one that I added was a daily journaling and habit tracking goal. So that's really the one that I've worked on the most this quarter, just because it was new. I was starting that one fresh. So the exercise one is going great. Uh, If our listeners have been with us since the beginning, they might remember this one. I'm doing a changing criterion. So every time that I meet the goal, the next month I increase the requirement And I have been increasing every single month and hitting or exceeding my goal every single month. Not not, not by a lot, but meeting the the goal. So like, I'm happy with it. So have I met the goal? Like this is a continuous one. I didn't have like a specific number I wanted to be at by the end of the year, but so far I'm continuing to meet it. Um, What's worked for me is uh, if our listeners will remember back, to the summer, Mariah and I talked about making time in your day and scheduling movement and exercise. And that has been really helpful for me, just being mindful about scheduling it in my day. So I'm not waiting until the end of the day and then, oh shoot, I still have one more thing to do, right? Um, I've also been working on reframing uh, my private verbal behavior or like my thoughts around exercising. And I know that that's something that a lot of people struggle with. Our go-to is kind of, oh, I don't want to do this. This is going to take so long. I could be doing other things, blah, blah, blah. So I've been working on reframing that. So like instead of like, this is going to take forever, my reframe is more, this is only 30 minutes. I'm not, I don't have anything planned for these 30 minutes anyway. Or I would be scrolling on TikTok for 30 minutes anyway. I might as well do something productive. Um Another reframe that I do is instead of like complaining basically about 
uh, how sore I am or like my legs hurt or whatever, reframing that in when I finish, my legs are going to be so strong or thinking about things that I can accomplish. My partner and I like to hike. Mariah and I recently hiked up some ruins on a trip that we just did. So kind of thinking about those things by doing these like functional exercises, I'm going to be able to continue to do the things that I love to do. So reframing your thoughts around hard or uncomfortable things can be helpful. And then the last thing I've been doing that's really helped is pairing exercise, which is less preferred, with a more preferred activity. I'm sure there's a term for this in ABA, but I could not think of it. (laughs) Stimulus pairing. So what I'm doing is I'm taking my exercise, which is less aversive than it used to be, but still not a preferred activity. It's definitely not a reinforcer for me. And I'm pairing it with a highly preferred and more reinforcing activity, which lately has been scrolling TikTok. I'll scroll TikTok while like I'm on the stationary bike. Danny, that is stimulus pairing. We're just overthinking this. We're used to these terms. And then when we want to use them on our own, like selves, we're like, wait, what the fuck am I even doing? Is this real? Right. (laughs) I know what I'm doing, but I couldn't tell you what it's called. But stimulus pairing, that's a really handy trick of the trade. If you're trying to incorporate some sort of behavior or habit that you don't super love, but you need to do either because it's good for you mentally, physically, whatever, Pair it with something that you already like to do, and the reinforcing properties can kind of transfer from one to another, because the two activities become linked. So for me, I've been taking, like, my iPad, not my phone, because it's too small and I'd, like, lose my balance, but my iPad and, like, watching a YouTube video or scrolling TikTok on there, I find for me, watching, like, TV shows or movies, they're too long. I have time to like think about how much I don't enjoy what I'm doing, but TikTok videos are very short and they really hold your attention span, your short attention span, like we all have. So scrolling through those videos, you reach 20, 30, 45 minutes before you've even realized it. So the reframing and stimulus pairing have been very helpful for me with that goal. Love it. Yeah. I I think it was this quarter too. Mm-hmm. You had texted me and one barrier to you kind of working out so frequently, you were running into a more like rule governed behavior of like, if I work out this often, I'm going to have to wash my hair more, which obviously mm-hmm. does not correlate to like how you want to be living because you have color treated hair and that's just not, mm-hmm. that's not the look. So... You had, instead of stopping working out and, like, not achieving your overall goal, you texted me and asked, like, how do you work out all the time? Like, what do you do with your hair? I just said, well, straight up, I just don't wash it, you guys. (laughs) (laughs) To be honest, but it's more like learning how to restyle your hair for Mm -hmm. the next day because you are your hair is going to get sweaty and gross again so Mm -hmm. it's kind of like yes that was a rule governed behavior preventing danny from reaching her overall goal and then once she saw somebody else is doing that same thing it's not a rule governed behavior for everybody else so you have definitely been doing like different hairstyles Mm -hmm. um so it's really fun to see 
you be like oh okay this so this is like a real barrier this is like a fake barrier (laughs) right and I think like that is so important whenever you anybody has a goal whether it's exercise or like whatever it is that is something important that you like need to do maybe for your health but it's you find yourself getting really stuck is to kind of reflect on why why am I getting stuck you know in the summer I realized it was a schedule thing so we we took care of that you know and then I'm realizing I do have these these rule governed behaviors in my head I have these um like private events going on telling me that it's harder than it is so we worked on some reframing that's exactly what behavior analysis is it's identifying like what the barriers are and then accommodating or modifying those barriers for anyone who's a little bit lost on what rule governed behavior is is essentially it's a private event and a private event is something that only kind of happens within our own heads you can't necessarily see this unfolding um you can sometimes if you are really close to someone and it results in them doing like a physical behavior or like a ritual based off of their rule governed behavior so i'll share a rule governed behavior that i do that virtually no one would be able to like pick up on but i've identified as i always do this before this and i refuse to not do it that way (laughs) um So if I'm prepping to leave for a trip, I always like to come home to a clean house. So I will make sure my house is spotless or up to like my standard of whatever clean I think needs done. And sometimes that includes getting weird miscellaneous tasks done that seemingly aren't important to anybody else. And I'm like, today's the day I'm going to finish this project I haven't thought about in six months before I leave town. Right. Uh, Maybe it's like a toxic trait, but I like to come home to a semi-clean house because I do have pets that stay in the house while I'm gone. So I know when I come home, it won't actually be as clean as I left it because hairballs mm-hmm. and whatever. But um, it's nice to come home and be able to relax. Mm-hmm. At least for me, if I had like dishes in the sink and laundry dirty, I would be frazzled coming home. So that's something that I always do um, that's rule governed. And you wouldn't necessarily know that unless you lived with me or I was telling you like, oh, I'm really stuck in this rule governed behavior right now because I'll identify it and definitely label it like that. <laughs> yeah. And and everybody has like rules that they've made up for their self. A good way to identify rule governed behavior is like, you only do it because you think you're supposed to or you think you have to. If you don't do it, there's not necessarily any consequences. Like if Mariah leaves, you know, her bed unmade while she goes on a trip, she comes home and like, does anything really bad happen from that? No, but it's internally something that she wants. I'm very similar. I like always wash my sheets and towels before I leave for a trip or something. Um, but rule governed behavior can really trip people up because it feels like it's a rule. I'm supposed to do this. But if you if it's something that's becoming a barrier, just taking a few minutes and kind of thinking through why do I feel that way or kind of 
fast forward it in your head. Okay, if I don't do this, what might the outcome be? And if there's really no outcome, then it's just fake. It's just a made up rule that you've given it is yourself. Just fake. <laughs> it is fake. Yeah. How's your anyway, cardigan going? My cardigan's going great. Um, the body is done. I'm working on the sleeves right now, which always goes super fast. Cause I mean, if you think about it, like the body of a sweater is always going to be wider than the, than the arms. So I'm working on the sleeves right now. I've actually been trying it on as I go. I think I'm really going to like the fit. I don't know. I don't have much to say on that one. It's just, it's going smooth. Tugging and along. Uh, it's, it's still pretty warm where I live. So I feel like I'm still on track. Even if it was done, I don't know that I would have worn it, like, out and about yet, so. That's totally fair. Yeah, still chugging along on that. And then my last one is my um, daily journaling and habit tracking. This one has also been going pretty good. I had, like, a loose um, objective definition of success where, like, if I filled out my little, it's kind of like a, like a pixel chart. There's, like, little squares that I shade in or whatever um if I filled out like 75% of the squares then I, I was considering it like a success um and I have been it's been going pretty good <clears throat> I do find that when I'm in the routine it's super helpful and you'll have to help me out on another behavior term because Keeping the habit tracking journal serves as, I think it's a pivotal behavior for me because it leads to me completing other habits and routines that I'm not necessarily tracking as closely as like the goals that we've talked about on this show. Um, so it, it's led to some generalization that I didn't expect to see, which is kind of interesting. Behavioral momentum. It might be. Like you do momentum. like one thing because you've anchored it to another habit but mm -hmm. now you kind of feel like motivated to like go do some other stuff or or track those because mm -hmm. you previously might not have been tracking them but you're like well I'm here already so let me just tack it down <laughs> it, that's exact that's exactly how it's been the only downside to it so far has been if I do fall out of my routine it's paper and pencil or paper and paper and pen. So like for the rest of the month, I have to see those big block of empty squares that I didn't do. And that can be kind of discouraging because it's just a reminder that like, oh, that those four days you didn't do it. But that's not aversive enough for me for it to be an issue. But I could see how for other people seeing the reminder could lead you into a negative space. Um, but for me, that that's not as big of a deal it's more reinforcing getting it done than it is aversive seeing any blank squares if I missed a day or something. Okay. So yeah, that one's been going great. I see you. Rounding out the year pretty good so far. That's what about you, Mariah? Fun. How have years been going? Uh, <laughs> it's not a good sound. <laughs> okay, well, let's try to be positive. Oh, maybe I should have gone last. <laughs> um, my fitness, my general goal is reduced body fat, which mm -hmm. I will say I do think is still a goal of mine. Is it my top priority? No. Mm -hmm. 
and that might be where I'm struggling, but I for sure know I've said this in the past and it's always kind of like you get a fitness goal or you're like really into something, but then your goal always tends to morph. Mm-hmm. Like you see your goal post, but you're so close and then you're, you like are on to the next goal type thing. I don't always mm-hmm. think that's necessarily bad because that's how we continue to see growth, but sure. Um, So last time I did not give an in-body scan update because our schedules got pushed off. But basically mm-hmm. the results from my last quarter in-body scan, which I'm giving late and doing now because we have not done this quarters in-body scans yet. Um, I had been on track pretty significantly, I, I'll say, for what I wanted to get done for the year. And it was going pretty well overall. Um, This scan's delayed, so I'll give that to you guys TBD sometime. I still plan on doing that fourth scan this year because completing quarterly-ish in-body scans is like an actual goal I have for myself aside from like this fitness goal. But I'd never told you guys that. I just like the data tracking part of that. And that's probably like the most regularity of doing in-body scans that I've done. So I want to keep that habit up. And it really like lets me check in on the data better. Um, Currently, though, I would say I'm probably maintaining to a little regression versus my last in-body results and I have some data on why that is probably the case because in the last 95 days Mm -hmm. I have not been home 53 of them yeah you've been busy (laughs) so I mean 53 times at least three meals a day Mm mm-hmm um that's a lot of meals that I have not been eating at home so my quality of like nutrition intake or like staying on my meal plan type stuff has definitely been wonky and I will say I think I could have done worse but with that being said I could have definitely done better am I mad about it not really. Like, this is kind of life. I'd rather live those 53 days and do the stuff I was doing than not. Mm-hmm. So I don't really see any of it as, like, negative. I don't feel guilty about doing any of that stuff. Right. It's all just, like, a learning experience. Like, I already had that past learning history, so I could have told you what was going to mm-hmm. happen. <laughs> yeah. Um. But am I hung up about it now because I always just I know too that even on the flip side of that learning history I know what's going to happen as a consequence mm-hmm. and as a consequence of coming home and staying home and like being in a more regular environment and routine I know the consequence that's going to lead from that so like to me they kind of even out and it's like just chill And right now I don't have anything planned on my calendar. So I'm chilling for the last quarter so far because I don't have anything on the books. I I really love that (laughs) attitude. And I know we've talked about it before, but I feel like especially when you talk about goals having to do with like food intake, exercise, people can just get so like rigid about it. 
but there's a balance. You have to still enjoy your life. And you've been enjoying life for 53 days. So I love that you're kind of like, whatever, now I'm just back on track. I had a great time, but now it's over. (laughs) I think an extra note on that too is like, I personally might not, it is, it's a lot of work to drop body fat. So Mm -hmm. you have to maintain a deficit and like be working out and blah, blah, blah. There's like a lot of complex steps to it. And it's really not as easy as everybody makes it sound, but right. Even when I wasn't necessarily dropping body fat, I was seeing a change in muscle tone in my body. And that's mm-hmm. like a spot I'm not mad to be at either, where I've mm-hmm. already discussed with my coach long term, like when I'm out of this phase, I would really just like to be in an isocaloric that's just like a maintaining phase. So I can focus more on building muscle and like recomping my body that way instead of Mm -hmm. being in a deficit and doing it Mm -hmm. it will take longer to lose body fat in that type of cycle but I think that's something that I'm actually like looking forward to doing versus like being in a calorie deficit yeah um because seeing those changes in my muscles like even though I wasn't always 100% on my meal plan was reinforcing enough for me and I'm like Mm -hmm. at this point I'm not planning on doing any like bodybuilding or weightlifting competition type things for show right what I'm trying to do is live my healthiest life the strongest way I can for as long as I can and with that being said like this is a lifelong goal so I'm really not in a rush for anything which also kind of depletes my motivation because I'm not like, oh, <laughs> I got to get in that goal, <laughs> which is kind of a downside. But to be honest, like I could go at the intensity I'm going safely for 40 years. You know? And that's like, exactly like it has to be sustainable for you, one, to keep your motivation, but two, to make sure it's done in a healthy way. Right. And that's all I really want. Like I couldn't complain about doing anything else. And that's not to say when I get to an isocaloric body composition state, like that I might not dabble in being back in a deficit. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't know. I'm not mad. I don't know what my goals are going to be temporarily, you know, like this is a quarterly at a time goal that Mm -hmm. is going to follow me every quarter for the rest of my life. And it's so interesting to me how much behavior analysis is in fitness. Oh, yeah, it's it's pretty nuts. And a lot of this stuff is like tons of shaping, fading, Mm -hmm. like people just behavior analysis is everywhere, literally everywhere. That's I mean, it's it's a hard science to hate, but it's also really easy because people are trash. I mean, yeah, there's definitely a dark side to ABA, but we're going to focus on <laughs> Right, positives. we're going to keep a positive <laughs> attitude. Right. Um, uh, so what about your reading goal? How about, how's that one going? My previous update on my book thing, my book goal. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So my overall goal is to read 25 books. My previous update was that I had 10 books finished going into the third quarter but 
when you break down 25, that means I need 6.25 books accomplished per quarter, roughly. Um, so I really was supposed to be at the goal of 12 and a half books done by last update, which I wasn't. I was two and a half behind. Mm-hmm. However, this quarter, I have essentially caught up to where I'm supposed to be going into the fourth quarter. So okay. I, today I should be finishing my 18th book and my goal to start this quarter was like 18 and a quarter books. So can't get like right on there. target. Yeah, that's awesome. I'm shocked that looking back, I actually was able to catch up the two plus the additional six that I needed. Mm-hmm. So eight books and a quarter. I mean, that's a book every two-ish weeks. And yeah. that's with all of the travel I've been doing and that exceptionally long book that <laughs> I was reading that I like slammed out in a week and then it took me like an additional month to finish. So <laughs> <laughs> right. You're hesitating on the last couple chapters. The thing is, is some of my books vary in length so drastically, like I could mm-hmm. easily get through some books in like three days, three or four days. Or right. Something, you know? Right. Um, And then I, just read that book that was like 600 plus pages and I basically mm-hmm. read it in a week and then I was like prolonging the ending because I just didn't want to wrap it up essentially right <laughs> right um but then I made Danny read the book and she gave it a five stars everybody so you said like you were kind of surprised that you had caught up but then you've also been doing a lot of traveling I can see how like your traveling helped you catch up Because sometimes, like, when you're stuck on a plane, when you're stuck in a car, like, you don't really have anything else to do. You're not working. You're not, you know, you might as well read for three hours straight. Whereas if you're doing your normal, like, week, work week routine, you don't have those same hours free. So that might have actually helped you catch up. A typical day, I would like Mm -hmm. to get somewhere between, like, 30 minutes to an hour in reading. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, that's not always the case. Like right. that's, sometimes that's not even the case with like an audiobook. And I like flip flop physical book and audiobook. And sometimes I'm like, I literally am not in the headspace to do an audiobook or I'll turn it off because I realize I wasn't listening and I'll go back two chapters. <laughs> like, yeah. Okay. So I have to have enough like chores to get done for a substantial amount of time to actually make any progress in an audiobook. Gotcha. Um, or it's not working for me but mm-hmm. um, I have been keeping an additional list of like my completed books in my journal mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that's kind of refreshing so I'm also a bit more motivated to finish like some of those books because we have a series we share the League of Extraordinary Women mm-hmm. that fourth book in that series comes out this fall right next month yeah Uh, so I I wanted to get caught up I wanted to get caught up on those so when Mm -hmm. that comes out and you get it then I'll get it so I'm ready Mm -hmm. to go right um I need to catch up on A Court of Thorns and Roses the fourth book in that because before Mm -hmm. that one drops this fall and then I'm kind of just biding time to get 
the second one in the All Souls trilogy on my Kindle, mm-hmm. even though I have the physical book. Yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of just like wrapping up some other series. Mm-hmm. But we know if I have too much going on, then I don't really accomplish anything. So yeah. I have been trying to wrap up all those series. So when they come out, I can stagger those books again. Mm-hmm. But the All Souls is always there to fall back on because everything's already released from that, which is just that's true. Greatest planning ever. Mm-hmm. Um, so something else that's kind of helped with me is I'm still sticking to the abbreviated TBR bookshelf. Okay. So it's been very reinforcing to see all of the like open, clear space I have on my bookshelf now. And I started a large flat rate box to mm-hmm. a friend of mine. And I think I'm actually going to start doing this yearly. So in like January or something, I'll just go grab a flat rate box. And then every physical copy of a book that I read that I don't want to reread, I'll just mm-hmm. throw in the box to send to her. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to send them around Christmas time so she can like. She's working on building her library, so she won't be getting rid of these books necessarily, unless she probably hates yeah. them. Um, and once I've finished each book, I'm leaving her like a little post-it note on the title page that is like mm-hmm. a brief review of how I liked the book. Mm-hmm. So I just think this is so fun because I always I try that. to find somebody to give my books to, and she mm-hmm. happens to like the majority of the same stuff that we read. So it's like a win-win. I love that. It's really like motivating me too, because mm-hmm. I want to send it to her before before Christmas time, and yeah. I have plenty of space left in this large flat rate box. Mm-hmm. Even though there's probably like seven or eight books in there already, I still have way more room for some some more to squeeze in. Mm-hmm. So I want it to be jam packed when she gets it, and that's pretty motivating and clears off my shelf. I get to some of the books I've really been waiting to read. And then I find out, like, I'm really just miffed that I waited so long to read those books. (laughs) Which I hate when that happens, but I'm like, oh, at least I read it. At least I got through it. That's true. You finished it. You got through it. Thanks. So you're going to finish this school out. You're, like, on on track. Yeah, I'm excited. I mean, 25 books really is, like, two books a month. But... That's a lot more than the majority of adults read, so I'm not That's bad. a lot more than a lot of people read, yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's that's a good amount. And truthfully, like, if you've read one book this year, that's great. That's Killing more than it. a lot of people. Yes. Yeah. Um, I will say, though, I currently have quite a few books going. I have a finance book going, a leadership mm-hmm. book, a science book, and then the one I should be finishing up today mm-hmm. is, like historical fiction romance Mm -hmm. and once I finish that I'll probably add a fantasy in there so I have a lot of variety (laughs) you have an eclectic uh reading list reading history right well you I almost started reading that finance book on the cruise and I questioned if I was going to be that person and Danny definitely confirmed I am that person who reads finance for pleasure on a cruise so girl live your life here we are like what you like (laughs) I do like finance though that's like a guilty pleasure yeah why I would 
call it a guilty pleasure, but here we are. I'd say it's a healthy pleasure. I also love personal finance, but just don't read a lot of books on vacation about it. <laughs> if it gets the mind going, I'm I have to have that like mental stimulation. For sure. Some sometimes, you know, the romance book isn't doing it for me or whatever. So I get that. My third goal was meditation slash like mindfulness. And honestly, it just wasn't hidden. No, not for you. I mean, we meditated together once during this quarter, and I can confidently say that was the first and last time I meditated. Um, with that being said, I had previously noticed I was already being mindful and like, you know, taking time out of my day throughout my day to kind of like meet this need I thought I had. Um, but daily exercise and like weight training really provides like a space for me to do that. Or sometimes I literally just like eat in silence, just thinking about like what's happening So Mm -hmm. I do have a lot of that reflective time that I think adding the task of like, oh, you have to specifically go meditate just kind of like destroyed it, my motivation to do it. Mm -hmm. So I'm stopping that goal because I've found I'm fulfilling that need somewhere else. That's totally fair. I mean, really, it sounds like you were kind of already doing this goal but maybe didn't realize. And so by making it a goal and tracking or like taking stock of how often you were doing it, you became more mindful of how mindful you were being Mm -hmm. and realized that that needs already fulfilled. There's no reason to make it a formal trackable goal, which is fine. And I need to double track. So yeah. I mean, that's kind of the point of goals, right? Once we meet them, and we find that, you know, we've generalized this and it's in maintenance throughout our lives. You don't have to track it anymore. Right. It served its purpose. So exactly. I, mean, I, I do enjoy the art of meditating and I'm always interested in learning more about it. Mm-hmm. Um, like I have books about meditation or like specific practices to do. And I always think that stuff's interesting. So mm-hmm. I already have meditation as a skill in my toolbox. Right. This was not a new skill for you. Right. And it wasn't like a brand new like coping mechanism. So if I Mm -hmm. am in a rough spot and I feel like nothing else is doing it, or maybe I just need something to take like a little bit of the edge off my stress or something, I would definitely be able to like call upon this as a skill I have history with, but currently, nah. That's fair. Yeah, I'm okay with that. Are you replacing it with anything? Heck yeah. (laughs) So I'm replacing this with another goal I've had on my um, like 2023 goal list. I just never shared with you guys yet, Mm -hmm. which is learn how to make pad of shoe. If you're unfamiliar with that, it's like a French pastry. Basically, it's the pastry part of a cream puff. Ooh. Um, we know I love to make a French pastry. So mm-hmm. <laughs> here I am. I wanted to learn how to make pâte last year and I never did it. We host Thanksgiving almost every single year in case somebody else is like 
super thrilled about it. But mm-hmm. I'd really like to make Padishu this year and have something tasty for the holiday season. And it can carry me through Thanksgiving and Christmas. Right. And birthdays. I mean, December is exceptionally busy in my house. Mm-hmm. We mm-hmm. have an anniversary. We have several Christmases. And then immediately following, we have two birthdays and New Year's. So it's like the busiest two weeks every year at the end. Yeah. And everybody wants a baked good. So that's my new goal. I'm going to do it. And I think it'll be more motivating because it's on a shortened timeline. Mm-hmm. And I really want to make sure that these like taste good before right. I just toss them out to people. Mm-hmm. But it's like, oh, Mariah, how does learning how to make a French pastry correspond with your fitness goals? You know, balance, babe. <laughs> I definitely agree. And now that I'm at home, mm-hmm. I have the power, you know, to like deny eating sugary foods or something, you know, whatever. Moderation. Sure. But I think the moderation comes from me recognizing that like I don't need to eat that like Hershey's kiss or something. I would much rather work and like make the patachoo and taste test my own thing I'm making. Mm-hmm. Because how do I say this without <laughs> sounding like I'm like stuck up, but <laughs> my baking is always better than like something I've store bought. I, I mean homemade is like, like always better right. I think but like I can say I want something to taste like this and I always get that result like so to me it's kind of I play the game with myself like I could eat this chocolate square or I could just make myself cookies that I know are gonna hit you know mm-hmm. it's like all right if I put in the work and I'm like learning a new skill obviously I'm gonna taste what I'm presenting other people to taste right that's part of like being a baker or a chef or whatever you have to Mm -hmm. test your own product but I'm not going to get wild with it another thing for this is tracking is I have a friend who's super interested in learning how to make shoe pastry and Mm -hmm. she is scared so I said I would test how to make shoe and then bring it over and we can bake together a fun activity i'm gonna leave all the baked goods at her house because that's like another toxic trait of mine i bake stuff and then i make other people take it home (laughs) and then you give it all away (laughs) i seriously do though because i'll be like oh this is too good to be at my house because it'll Mm -hmm. be gone Yeah, mariah's mailed me like a box full of cookies before and now anytime she'll mail me like a book or something my partner's always like did she send you cookies again I'm like no it's just a book sorry right, just calm down <laughs> I guess in an emergency you could eat a book but I don't really advise that I I don't <laughs> think we're in that state of emergency at this time <laughs> 2024 could be wild don't put that out there <laughs> but that'll be a fun thing and shoe pastry you can make savory or sweet Ooh. so you could get real me, creative. Yeah, it gives me a chance to work on all of my like pastry creams. Mm-hmm. And 
I I don't know, but for some reason, like a garlic parm puff pastry sounds phenomenal today. I think it's because it's so like good. The fall season now, and I just want something savory. I don't necessarily mm-hmm. want anything sweet. I just want the like warm, soft like bread. Yes. So that is my plan, and I'm pretty excited about it. But I love baking, so I'm you do, that's, more motivated to do this one. <laughs> that's a very like niche thing, but it's also right up your alley. So I'm really I'm excited to see how that turns out because that sounds like a super fancy dessert that not a lot of people probably know how to make, just like in their home kitchen. I if there are some cheater things to this not in terms of like the recipe but if I was crunched for time but I've like mastered the pastry Mm -hmm. you can actually like make the pastry and then pipe it out and then freeze it so if I was like really crunched for time I could plan ahead and then like Thanksgiving comes along and I just have to bake it right I mean a lot of people do that for like Christmas cookies anyway they'll bake a ton and put them in the freezer you know Stuff or like, like that, um, you can make your cream, like your pastry cream, three days mm-hmm. up to like three days ahead and just put it in the fridge. Or I could make the whole thing, assemble it, yeah, and then freeze like the whole the whole pastry together. Mm-hmm. So I think the incremental stages of like being able to freeze and unthaw stuff is really key, especially when you're trying to like execute a large dish. Mm -hmm. Or like if I was trying to do a presentation because there's a dish called Crokenbush. Let me look that up. (laughs) Is this another French one? It's called uh, Crokenbush, but it's basically French pâte like puff pastry. Mm -hmm. Every single puff is spilled. Every single puff optional has a thing on top called like cracklin which is like Mm -hmm. a shiny disc which is obviously an entirely it's like a cookie but it then it melts onto the pastry puff oh so then it makes it crackly on top and it's Mm -hmm. like a little crispy part Mm -hmm. and then you stuff them all with filling then you dip them all in caramel and you like assemble this cone and then oh. af- after you've assembled the cone of pastry, you, like, spin the remaining caramel around the cone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, if you're trying to do all that in one day, I am going to pray for you and I don't even pray. Didn't, that's like a whole <laughs> centerpiece. <laughs> yeah. So if I wanted to execute something like that, it would be way easier to kind of like make that goal achievable by breaking it to small steps. Like I've talked about breaking other um, larger goals into small steps before. Mm -hmm. Um, And that would be a way easier way to accomplish it because I could do the whole puff pastry, freeze them, wait for them to thaw, and then just do all the carameling. Right. But that's my replacement goal. Way cooler than meditating. Definitely more tasty. Oh, additionally, I think this will be my theme going into next year. Oh, okay. Looking ahead. Ahead. Um, I have already told you this, but Mm -hmm. I think like our first goals episode, 
I mentioned that some of my goals are really just bucket list items. Yes. Because like a few years ago, I was kind of hitting like a quarter life crisis where Mm -hmm. I accomplished most of the like societal goals, you know, like Mm -hmm. you find a partner, you like get all the degrees or whatever you're trying to get. You like pay off debt, you have a car you want, like you have a pet, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. Okay, well then people are lost when they find out like okay what else are you gonna strive for right what's next I did it all (laughs) (laughs) right so like in a in society's eyes I'm like so accomplished you know yeah but in reality it kind of left me feeling just like empty like Mm -hmm. I really didn't have like a space to go or anything to like identify with and being pretty goal-oriented I like didn't know where to go so yeah. I changed a lot of my goals to bucket lists, like things to learn, things to like experience or things to just try. Mm-hmm. So I've been working on curating a more extensive bucket list type of thing. Mm-hmm. And we'll see how how long that list gets. I am like retroactively adding things to the list. That mm-hmm. are definitely like once in a lifetime experiences I've done. Sure. So my list is like completed with those in mind as well. But some yeah. of the stuff I have on there so far is like try throwing pottery. That's not like that's not expensive or extreme. That's just like something I've never personally done. Right. It's just a new experience. Or like go skiing again. Cause the only time I ever went skiing was like in junior high and I just remember falling so I want to try again (laughs) like just fun stuff like that but Mm -hmm. I also want to remind people like you don't have to just do those societal goals right especially if those aren't even goals that you align with like right who cares yes exactly literally all made up literally it's all fake if it's not important to you, then just don't do it. <laughs> right. But my rule governed behavior is important to me, so I'm still going to do that one. <laughs> <laughs> well, as long as um it's not providing a barrier to your, you know, mental or physical health, follow your rules. That's fine. Totally agree. Mm-hmm. Tell us about your bits and bobs. My, my bits and bobs recommendation this week is um so the brand is called all birds they make shoes they started several years ago and actually were really big in the knitting community surprisingly enough because they their first shoe line was made out of merino wool they're really focused on like sustainability and like upcycling materials now they make shoes that are out of other materials besides merino wool but they do still have the wool shoes Um, I've been looking for a pair of good, like, just walking, like, tennis shoes for a long time. Um, I don't know if I have, like, weird shaped feet or what, but I kept getting blisters on my heels. But I finally decided to buy some Allbirds shoes a few months ago, and they're really great. They're really comfortable. The insides are still merino wool, and wool is antibacterial, 
So if you have a problem with like your shoes smelling, that can be helpful. They're soft enough on the inside that you don't have to wear socks if that's like an issue for you. I've definitely slipped them on without socks just to like go down to the mailbox or something and it hasn't caused any issue. They're super supportive. Um, I wore them on this last trip that I went on and we like walked and hiked all over the place and they did yeah, really great. I saw you girl. I looked down and I was like, Ooh, Danny's got some all birds on. Mm-hmm. They're super comfy. They come in a ton of colors. They just, they're, I really like the brand, you know, the things that they stand for the, you know, recycling and like green consciousness, but also they're just a really comfy pair of shoes. So I liked them. Mm -hmm. I've actually had a pair of Allbirds before and they were the like original Merino wool ones, but yeah, my partner bought them for me. And mm-hmm. I think they were just like, I don't know, a half size too small or something. So I could never yeah. get past like that size. Yeah. Uh, they were always pretty upset that I like never ended up wearing those shoes and then I got rid of them. But if they're not the right size. Okay. So a little like side story. This is actually my second pair of Allbirds because I bought a pair of like Allbirds like hiking shoes. Um, and they have like a, a decent return refund exchange policy so this is 100% on me it's not on all birds at all I bought the shoes didn't open them or try them on for like three weeks by the time I tried them on and actually tried them out realized I didn't like them it was past the like return policy and again that's on me because I let them sit in a box for like weeks but they're like a half size too big and they rub and they give me a blister on my heel and I, I was so disappointed because I wanted a pair of Allbirds for so long and they, I thought they weren't going to work, but they were just the wrong size, but literally like a half size off and you just can't wear them. Yeah. I will say I would definitely try them again. If I like, I know Boston has mm-hmm. an Allbird store. Oh, okay. So like, I would rather just. If I'm in the mood for new shoes and happen to be by an Allbird store, I would much rather just go in and try them on. Oh, yeah. If you have the opportunity to try shoes on, do. Because I feel like every company is a little bit different, even though they're all supposed to be the same. But it's basically like buying jeans. Buying, yeah, any women's clothing, actually. <laughs> That's a whole nother scam we don't Literally. have time for. But but um, I did like them. Mm-hmm. But I definitely need to try them on first. Also, we kind of just have a running joke that every time I buy shoes offline, I'm returning them at least once before I get, like, the size I need. <laughs> I mean, sometimes that's just what you have to do. Because, yeah, sizing is important. But if you get the size that fits, I really like the Allbirds. I'd recommend them for sure. Love it. What about you, Mariah? What's your rec for the day? Um... My bits and bobs is, well, we all know I love being a plant mom. True. It's my little claim to fame there. Not really, but (laughs) (laughs) if my plants could talk, I feel like they would say they live pretty satisfied lives. Okay. Except when my cats are trying to eat them. But I'm a behavior analyst. Mm Mm-hmm. And I'm overly aware of what 
plants are cat friendly and which ones are not. So I love a good macrame hanging plant holder. Oh, they're so cute. They're, I mean, seemingly they're just like frivolous and, you know, like whatever doesn't really yeah. like do too much. You just kind of mm-hmm. look at it and it's cute. Mm-hmm. But I really do feel like it adds a different element to the environment, a different little aesthetic you might be going for. And functionally, mm-hmm. they keep bad plants out of access from my cats. So yeah, there's a way to use your behavior analytic skills throughout your house that aren't just with clients. And I definitely right. behavior analyze the entire environment of my house so yeah modified the environment yeah I don't have cats so I never would have thought of that but that's a, that's a great point it's functional and aesthetic yeah functional cute there's a purpose for it mm-hmm. I actually just made like a new plant shelf and then my partner walked in the room gave the nod of approval and then promptly questioned but and said I quote Okay, but the real question is, when did you get all these macrame hangers? <laughs> and I hope you told him to mind his business. <laughs> More or less. I was like, oh, that old thing. I've had that. We've had that for years. What are you talking right, like, about? Where have you been, bud? I've just <laughs> been chilling. <laughs> but seriously, I love buying them from Etsy. Mm-hmm. I have some that are like macrame, but they're completely beaded with wooden beads. Those yeah. Are cute. Yeah. That I've gotten like on the cheap, um, like a four pack for $4 cheap. Like, woof, mm-hmm. don't pass up that deal. Yeah. I've had others that, I don't know, some like net the entire pot, some only net the bottom, some like net you know a flat surface that you put a pot on top I don't know whatever Mm -hmm. you want there's the design for it and usually Mm -hmm. if you're going on Etsy some people use different colored macrame but Mm -hmm. if you can't find that I would just say buy a basic macrame color which is the cream right in whatever design you like and when you get it just buy some writ dye yeah you could dye it because it's usually just like cotton cord or something yeah or You could do even like an ombre effect. That would be kind of cute. Get real fancy, yeah. Can do whatever you want. Live your life. I mean, you know how to crochet. You could probably make your own. If you wanted to take the time to do that, you're a project person, not a process person, but... My only thing is, like, I don't love fiber crafting Mm -hmm. as much. It's not my most preferred craft fair but a lot of macrame anyways is knotting so you right. don't even have to necessarily like crochet it yeah um, it's just i recently thought about repurposing like old t-shirts mm-hmm. like the jersey and then just knotting that and making like a a jersey macrame if you will could be really stretchy i mean you just gotta Put the pot in it and then you can adjust the length from there, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but I thought that could be cute. We'll see. 
none of this nice. is super important to bits and bobs, but it's just fun. <laughs> um, our next episode though. Mm-hmm. What's our next episode? We're gonna talk about dun 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 how to read a research article because y'all are struggling out there and need science. No, but for real. No, but for real. <laughs> but we're gonna basically dissect how you read a research article to get the most mm-hmm. bang for your time right like is every part of a research article important yes but is it important for you all the time no <laughs> tune in to find out yeah we'll see thanks for listening today you can find us on Instagram at Behind Behavior Pod, on Facebook at Behind Behavior. Or if you're old school, send us an email at contactbehindbehavior at gmail.com. Smell you later. Bye.